Hello and welcome to the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. I'm Ralph Russo, the college football writer with the Associated Press. This week on the show, I'm joined by the great Andy Staples of The Athletic. I invited Andy on because I had an idea for a discussion that is right up his alley. Over the next four years, three Power Five conferences will sign new TV deals. The Big Ten, Pac-12, and Big 12 in that order. Andy and I will look at the conferences, the networks that could be interested and what we think might be best for college football fans and try to program college football on TV starting in 2026. It'll be a relatively short podcast as I'm on vacation. But again, I was so inspired by this idea. And I know this is a topic Andy likes to talk about. So we decided to squeeze in another pod this week. So you did not have to go without the show. Thanks for listening to the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. You can find us on appodcast.com, where you can also find my colleague Rob Motti's NFL podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, just about anywhere you like to get your pods. If you'd like to email the show, send questions and comments to aptop25mailbag at gmail.com. That's aptop25mailbag at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to give us a good review and rating. It helps more college football fans find us and it helps us find more college football fans. Smash that subscribe button as well. And away we go. Today on the podcast, a very special edition. It's a very special edition because I didn't think I was going to actually record a podcast this week as I'm on vacation, but sometimes you get inspired. And I was inspired by Andy Staples and John Oran from the Sports Business Journal to come up with, um, to basically program college football television for maybe a, the next decade or so, Andy. So thank you very much, because you are the perfect person for this. You are very one of the, maybe the only college football writer whose mind really grasps all this stuff and also is really fascinated with all this stuff. I, so what you're saying is John Oran couldn't do it. I, I understand. I, I'm good. I appreciate that, Ralph. <laughs> it could be that as well. It could be that as well. So what we're going to try to do here, the exercise is there are three conferences coming up with television deals in the next four years. There's the Big Ten first, Pac-12, Big 12. I think it's that order. Uh, and by that 20, correct. And after the 2025 season, how you watch college football on television, dear listener and fan, is going to look very different. The SEC yeah. new contract will have kicked in with the SEC or with the ESPN. So everything SEC will be on ESPN or ABC. Uh, and these other leagues are going to be finding somewhat new homes. You have to start this with the Big Ten because A, it's first and B, it is really desirable and will set the stage for the other leagues. The one big takeaway from Oran's article other than the fact that Fox is actually working as a consultant with the Big Ten, which sounds like I think sounds weirder than it actually is. Yeah, Fox actually has kind of an ownership. They have the 61 percent ownership in the Big Ten network. Yeah. And I believe the Big Ten network actually holds the rights to the games. Mm -hmm. So in effect, Fox is one of the owners of the games that are being sold. Right. Which makes it look less weird and less like, you know, Oh, this competitor is deciding what you're going to get. It's, and it's not like Fox and ESPN and, and all these companies haven't worked together on things before. Uh, like Fox and ESPN were pretty instrumental in saving the Big 12 when it was going to become the, the Pac-16 and no Big 12. So mm -hmm. it's it's not that. I know people were like, oh, it's a, 
that's uh, like the you know DOJ is going to get involved. I, I don't know about that. I, I I think this is this is less weird than than people might think. Okay, yeah, I'm glad you made a, a quick explanation of that because I I came away with the same thing. Like this feels less weird knowing the industry a little bit than than it looks like on paper. The the other big part of that is man, everybody wants a piece of the Big Ten. It sounds like the Big Ten has a ton of options. So as we start building this out, Andy, like, you know, again, I'm thinking not necessarily, I don't necessarily want you to think this, like, I want to take three things into account. What's good for the conference, what's good for the networks, and also what's good for the fans. So to a yeah. little bit. How about a, us viewers? Yeah, to a little bit, we're going to probably, and that's probably not going to be taken into account when the yeah. deals are actually done. But when you start thinking what the Big Ten should do, what do you think the Big Ten should do? Well, here's the here's the operative question, because I, I've read a bunch of different takes on this and I I'm not sure I agree with everybody because and so I'll, I'll put it to you because you follow this stuff and you pay attention to what you're watching and how you watch it. Do they need ESPN? Because the, the prevailing thought was always, well, you have to have some games on ESPN, because if you don't, then the ESPN won't talk about you. But. In 2022, does ESPN actually drive the conversation in college football anymore? I don't think it does. I think you can get your conversation wherever you want to get it. Social media, podcast, whatever. You may get it from ESPN, but it is not the thing that drives the conversation in the sport anymore. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because that really is the key question here. And that was the, I, that's probably the question I should have asked you to lead it off. Um, I think... I do wonder about that because ESPN now, maybe in three or four years when Fox also has a piece of the new playoff, they become a bigger platform driving on multiple levels, college football Mm -hmm. conversation. Fox does a tremendous job with the games. This is not a knock on Fox. Right. But they don't, they they don't make as much doing this 24 hours a day. Yeah. I'll I'll use your word. They don't make as much gravy. Right. I'll be, I'll be honest. ESPN doesn't either. I mean, when's the last time you watch college football live? Their, their, their debate shows, their daytime blocks do not discuss college football hardly at all, unless it is a very big picture, broad strokes issue, usually with people who don't actually watch college football. Like Marcus Spears and Dan Orlovsky are, are really the only ones who actually pay attention to college football who are in the rotation on those shows. But for the most part, they are very NFL and NBA heavy. They don't really care about college football anymore. So I don't think they do need, if, if you, if that's your stance and I understand I'm a little hesitant to, to veer away from the idea of, again, ESPN is more involved in college football in many, in many ways. Oh yeah. I mean, they, they still, they still are more involved in college football than anybody, any other company. Right. They have more, they have more invested in it and they're, and they're putting out more college football gravy than, than any other, than any other network. But if you think that it's not a, 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 a game changer anymore, then really you don't need ESPN. And there's a lot of great options for mm-hmm. the big 10 beyond they, you know, Fox could maybe be more invested in the big 10 and building out more college football stuff. And then, uh, you know, big, the big 10 seems to be more willing and, and really recognizing the NFL model. We're going to give everybody a little taste. That's right. And that's, that is the, that is the thing. I remember talking to a TV consultant, 12 years ago who explained to me if they could ever figure out how to sell as one in college, they'd make a lot more money. No doubt. 
because they could just portion it out like this. But the Big Ten is the most valuable set of rights. And they do seem intent on portioning it out. So I am curious because I, we, we keep assuming that it's going to be split two ways because we've only seen it done that way. We've never seen it split three ways before, but why not? Why not? <clears throat> why not have your big noon Saturday on Fox and maybe a primetime game on Fox? And then you can sell that middle window to CBS, which needs to replace the SEC, or you sell it to NBC to give it some, some extra oomph with Notre Dame. Now, they don't have Notre Dame every week. They, they have Notre Dame home games. But imagine when you have a double header, right? where you can go re- really good Big Ten game into a Notre Dame game or vice or, versa. Or vice versa, yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. I, I do wonder, that that's, I think the optimal move for the Big Ten is grab that CBS window, do something with Fox, and then see if there's still interest from NBC. I think the only possibility, the only, the only reason why I think there might not be is at a certain point, if you're NBC, now we have to take the network's uh, view of this. If you're NBC and you're getting the fourth selection or the third or fourth selection of Big Ten games, how much do I have to pay for that? Is that- well, let, let me, let me throw this at you. What if you sell NBC a Friday night package? That's a tough sell in Big Ten country. I mean, I, I understand what, and we'll get Is to it? this with Big 12. Well, I mean, who, who are you selling it to? It's a tough sell to the viewers. We're not worrying about the viewers. We're worrying about who's going to pay us the most. Yeah. No. Well, I no, but I think it's it's not just and that. This is this is all your games. It's a tough sell in Big Ten country at Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. It's not a tough sell in Indiana, Minnesota. Sure, because they're doing it. Maryland. Well, yeah. Western. So they're they're doing it right now. That's the, when a team everybody wants to see goes to one of those places. That's the Friday night game. Um, so again, my question would be if I'm NBC, do like, how much do I want to pay for Ohio state Northwestern? Like, I mean, Oh, you don't want to pay You don't want to pay a ton, mm-hmm. but you're going to pay more than say ESPN or Fox or whoever would be paying as part of a larger block. See, if I'm NBC, I want. Obviously, I think NBC and CBS are probably both the ones sort of vying for that three. Right. And they, and they would like the three thirty or with NBC, you want the flexibility to, to flex it to eight. Yeah. Or I mean, CBS would want that, too. They'd probably want some primetime. Well, they possibly I'm, I'm sure the CBS would like it's similar deal to what it had with the SEC. Like we want one big, really big game. Now, they probably won't get the number one game because Fox is probably going to protect that. So you won't have that situation, which CBS had for years with the SEC. But, you know, as as one person who's related to CBS told me, he's like, you know, listen, we're not going to go dark at 3.30. There's some great brand brand loyalty, you know, consumer consumer, uh, habit that has been built up over the years for people going to CBS at 3.30 Eastern on a Saturday and watching a big football game. So I think that window has a lot of value, which again, makes me feel like if I'm, if I'm the Big Ten, that's probably where I'm going, as opposed to, oh, we might be the 3.30 game on NBC. And then also we could be the 8 o'clock game, depending on what Notre Dame is doing. Yeah, I, I think 
you can you can work all that out in the in the scheduling and maybe they NBC says here well we're only going to do this with Notre Dame I mean they can go talk to Notre Dame about that too mm-hmm. but CBS makes the most sense there if CBS is willing to pay CBS famously not willing to overpay for things it's how they lost the NFL back in 1993 it's it's how they lost the SEC because they they wouldn't bump the SEC up anymore after the SEC renegotiated its deal with ESPN and created the SEC network and added Texas A&M and Missouri, uh, they they decided not to do that. They they were basically dead to the SEC at that point. So they have a long history of not wanting to overpay for things. And you know, I, this is going to be expensive. Like if I'm the Big Ten, I am going to I'm going to pillage these people, like because because they need it. Oh, I, I want every bit of what the SEC got from ESPN, ABC for their. Oh, they're going to get more than that. Dirty game. Oh, I want that. That's what I'm saying. They probably will. But what I'm saying is that that's the base, right? I want more than that. And if you well, can- no, okay. So they got they got that for their best game. Fox is getting oh, CBS's good- best game. Okay, that's fair. That's- so this is like you're thinking Big Noon Saturday. Those games that is way that's worth more than than what ESPN paid the SEC. Okay, but I still want about that. <laughs> I yeah. want to be. I mean, my second best Big Ten game is usually a pretty, pretty valuable good. game. It's yeah. Gonna- no, no, I, I I agree, and I think they might be able to get that, especially if, with multiple bidders. And we haven't even talked about Apple or. Well, let, let's open the door to that. Yeah, because those those entities have not thus far been interested in college football, and if they get into college football, then. They, they have the potential to change the money dramatically because there is a lot more money for them. I mean, for, for Apple, for Amazon, you know, their rounding errors are big bucks for everybody else. So the question is, how bad do they want to be in it? You know, who are they going to? I, the fact that it's the Big Ten makes perfect sense. And I know people in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are like, if Apple comes in, then then we can get the same amount of money as the SEC. No, you can't. Apple's not stupid. I mean, they, they know what stuff is worth. And also, they're going to go for the big stuff, the bigger stuff first, which is they're going for the Big 10. Well, also the question becomes, do they want to dip a toe in the water, right? Because I don't think, it, you know, we've talked about a lot of how – the streaming services and and online companies, media companies will change the game and change the landscape. But do they want to just dabble in this? Do they want to stick a toe in at first? Okay, we'll take your fourth best game mm-hmm. on a maybe a Friday night pack. Right, because they have tons of analytics that can help them sort of game out right. what a bigger play would mean once and I they get some... And I don't think data. The, and I don't think the conferences are ready to necessarily say, okay, well, maybe the Pac-12 might. Uh, Pac-12 know, or Big 12, they at would. That point, if if they got if you the money, a, if you pay them a premium, yeah. to have them. And the thing is, there's a difference between ESPN Plus and Apple TV, and there's a difference between ESPN, ESPN Plus and Amazon Prime. Like the streaming services for those other entities are so much better. They work better. You know the they've. They've said, you know, with the NFL, like you saw the the game that Amazon actually produced for the NFL last year. It looked just like a network broadcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like ESPN Plus games look cheap. 
Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't like that's the part people are are getting kind of confused a little bit. Just because games that are exclusive to streaming have been produced cheaply thus far doesn't mean that's what's going to happen because everything will come to us through streaming within the next 10 years or so. 15 maybe. Yeah. So I would have said that five years ago, but now it's accelerated. So let's game this out beyond the big 10. If let's take this premise, the premise being CBS does not want to pay the premium that the big 10 is looking for. But CBS, again, is not going to go dark or just put mm-hmm. Mountain West games in its 3.30. No right. friends Mountain West. CBS might go dark. Remember, CBS has a history of not overpaying. Uh, n- maybe that's the case. I will believe. They went without the NFL for, for two years. Right, the but they understood. But, but that hurt them terribly. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. So, but my, my thinking is, though, there are good, cheaper alternatives in the Pac-12 and the Big 12, especially to me, the Pac-12, because I think you still have some big brands there. And God, I mean, the Pac- if I was the Pac-12 and I had a chance to get CBS at 3.30, my goodness, that would well, be... Well, that'd be, that'd be perfect for them because that's the only time any of their fans want those games to start. Exactly. 12.30 local. It, it, pr- precisely. That, that works out perfectly for Pac-12 schools because... It's not, you know, they don't, CBS doesn't really probably want too much as far as doubleheader stuff. As we said before, with the SEC deal, they would do one or two night games a year at most. So if there's a, if there's a possibility of doing that, that's still on the board. And right. And that's, and that's a five o'clock game. And the times work out perfectly. And the times work out. Yeah. I mean, that, that is the ideal situation for the Pac 12's best games. The question is, what, where do you put the other ones? Which I, you go to, I think you go to ESPN with the other ones. If you're well, but ESPN is going to use you as filler for late spots, right? If it has mm-hmm. all the ACC and all of the, and this is the concern basically with these conferences when it comes to dealing with ESPN is if the ESPN is all about the SEC and all about the ACC, and by the way, also owns the American completely and yeah. has a lot of flexibility with that. And you can say, well, who cares about that? But, but, you know, they bought it for the flexibility. That's the bought, whole point. They yeah. bought it to fill in these spaces on Thursdays and Fridays and, and all different times of the days on Saturday. So I'd be concerned about how much, you know, where's my exposure on ESPN if the SEC is getting all the best stuff? Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to take ESPN's money, but that's why I think there's probably a priority. But he, here's the, the thing, Ralph, at a certain point, non, non ESPN platforms. But at a certain point, you can't beggars can't be choosers. Like, of course, of course. So, because we're running out of real estate, we've handed out a lot of real estate here. But let's let's just we'll back up and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll go with our time slots and our networks. Mm-hmm. Okay, ABC at three thirty is going to be the best SEC game. Mm-hmm. We've we've decided that CBS. Are we are we giving? Well, what do you think? Do you think CBS wants to let we can make let's that say point. let's say NBC took that second best Big Ten game? I'll, I'll, I'll um, let's do that. I think that's yeah, a- and, and let's say CBS bought the best Pac 12 game, okay? And that game is now okay. So we, we've got our 330s filled up, noon on Fox is absolutely filled. 
Mm. Uh, Primetime on Fox, we can assume, is filled with the Big Ten game. Should we or should we think that maybe that's where they'll, they'll think, OK, now we need either the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Well, you're now down to your third best Big Ten game of the week. That's what I'm saying. I mean, at that point. Hmm. Like, I need more content if I'm Fox. I, Fox needs another conference, even, even if it's just what it's had, which is half of the Pac-12 and half of the Big So 12. do you buy, yeah. So if you're Fox, would you rather have the Pac-12 or the Big 12? I mean, you know, the, the, those Big 12 markets are not great right now. You're not worrying about markets. You're worried. This is not. This is not 2012. You're not. No, I understand. Not worried about cable subscriber fees. Well, you're, no, you're worried but, about audience. But, but that's what I'm saying. But when I say market, I mean audience. I mean the. Fact you're you're the talking matter, about brands. Yeah. yeah, brands and who's got the bigger fan bases and and uh, listen, I well, was, uh, here's the thing. Unbelievably passionate fan. The Pac-12 has, the Pac-12 has, two, no. pretty big brands, right? USC and Oregon. Right. And then you got Washington. That's another big brand with a very passionate fan base. Right. The, the rest of the fan bases are pretty lethargic. Right. Because UCLA has got a great market, but they're not drawing a lot of people. <laughs> they're Correct. just drawing a ton of so, That's fair. And this is, this is where the Big 12 is, is really interesting to me. Because they're not going to have those big brands. They're going to have, I think, the most fun games beyond the SEC and the, and the Big 10. Because they're going to be so evenly matched and they're all going to be pretty good with the exception of like Kansas. I think I would want, I would tend toward the big 12 because I also think the big 12 will probably, the PAC 12 has gone through. The big 12 feels like to me, less chance of getting a stinker game in a nice spot. That's true. I also think that like, I think the Pac-12 is going through a little bit of a, 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 a post-traumatic stress from having a lot of weird time spots and Friday games. So my sense is the Pac-12, while, listen, they're certainly not going to take that off the board, I, I suspect the Big 12 will be a little more open-minded to, hey, can we throw you on Thursday? Can we throw you on Friday? Well, and that's what I, I wrote that when I applied for the Big 12 commissioner job, which, by the way, they've not called back. That's um, what made me think of this. Actually, yeah, that, so I, I, I think the Big, 12, the Big 12 should embrace Friday, and I realize that people are like, you can't do that in Texas. That's fine. Don't originate any Friday game from the state of Texas. Do it, do it when you play at Cincinnati or at BYU or at, at, at Kansas State. I always think it's a lot of people in Ames on a, on a, that's a lot of people in Ames on a Friday. On a, well, exactly. So yeah, have but, games in Ames. No, and, but I'm saying that they might not love that. Who might not love that? The, the, the folks who actually run the school on in, in Iowa State. Like having, um, I was at Iowa State on a Friday night when they beat Oklahoma State. It was pretty awesome. I, yeah, I don't think they trade that for, for uh, noon on a Saturday. Fair enough. So, so, and, and here's, here's the thing, the big 12, this goes back to, to the big 12 being having what I think will be competitive equity is they can do that. They can sell their best game for a good time slot on Saturday, whether that's to ESPN, to Fox, whoever, but their second, third, fourth, their second, third and fourth best games have a, a chance of being as good or better than their best game every single week. Yeah. So you make one of those your Friday game mm-hmm. and you are alone eight o'clock Friday night 
Power Five football. Fox needs some quantity in its next purchase, right? It it just it it will have time. How, how much quantity are we talking about? Because I I I know the networks would prefer to stay off of FS1 or not the the schools would prefer to stay off of FS1 because like when I did that study of the ratings. FS1 reaches a lot of people, but people don't seek it out. Right, but like, Fox wants still wants to have games there and build it up. Like I understand they're that, gonna have to pay extra for that. I understand there's gonna yeah. be some stress there, but nonetheless, Fox want like Fox, unlike NBC and CBS, NBC and CBS have very have just a couple of very small windows that they want to deal with. CBS well, I don't and think it, NBC has scrapped its it's sports network. Right. So and CBS you want to get shunted on the USA network, the mountain West package to throw some games on CBS sports network, CBS sports network is not looking to be built up either. Right. I mean, they're not scrapping it, but they're not looking to, to, to raise its profile. Whereas Fox still wants FS one to be a thing. So you're going to get games on FS one and you're going to have, I don't know what the, what the money cost is there, but at some point, but see if you're, well, if you're the pack 12, that's where your pack 12 network games go. Mm-hmm. You, you you think the Pac-12 network is just going to go away? If if you can make a dollar more not doing the Pac-12 network, why why bother fronting your your own production costs? I quite frankly have been under the assumption that it will. Now that's an that's a that's a that is a, an assumption that you, is you not don't need a, a linear network anymore, especially one that doesn't work that that doesn't really generate much money. You can yeah. tr- you can make that a digital network, provide a lot of great content for your schools. Mm-hmm. at a much lower cost yeah no i, I completely agree i just I, but I, you don't hear that talk like again i operate under the assumption that it will go away but when you talk to people in the pac-12 that is not an assumption that is being made so you I, I, you can keep the branding you can keep the uh, production because you the good thing is you've already put the production infrastructure in place at the schools to to do your volleyball games and your softball games and all that you just make that digital yeah I also do wonder if there's enough um, desire, there's enough, um, uh, if people want the Pac-12 enough to grab all of its games. Like I could see a situation where the Pac-12 is still looking at, a, uh, looking at itself going like, we might be better off putting our, our games on our network because we can put them in better time slots and we can control some of our start times. Yeah, but the, the, nobody, nobody's going to seek that out. Their own fans won't even seek that out. Because yeah. you got to pay f- you because one they're not distributed everywhere. So then you got to then you got to sell it over the top, which some people might buy. But then you also have the 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 national picture, where how do you how do you become nationally relevant? Well, nobody's going to watch you anywhere else. Well, we're forgetting one thing though, one possibility. Maybe within the new TV deal, they get a partner. That says, okay, we want that network. We'll use like the, the part a partnership like the Big Ten has with Fox and SEC has with ESPN. In other words, maybe the network. Well, that but that would be getting distribution. Partner. That that that's what that's, I'm saying, right? Yeah. Right. In other words, the 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 a partner that creates the distribution that the network currently lacks. Yeah, but them not owning the Pac-12 network anymore is is to me the same thing as them shutting it down. That's that's somebody yeah, else. Right. Or handing it off to somebody else, I guess, is the most accurate. It it will be the same situation under just a different banner. Right. You're just basically putting these games on, I guess. But to me, it's just different space for the game. Why would you why would you even bother with linear cable at this point? 
don't expand into linear cable. Like if you have linear cable and you're making some money off of it, they're not really making any money off of it. Like SEC and Big Ten are still making a lot of money off linear cable, but it's the the cable bundle is is got like five years left. The Pac-12, you, I, I think you're you're overestimating that. You're overly aggressive on that. There's a lot of old people like us who still. And- oh no no no! I, I listen. I revised it down because I was talking to somebody who actually works in that business the other day, mm-hmm. and this person has always been like, "Well, the cable bundle is." everybody complains about it, but it's not going anywhere. It's never going anywhere. That person said five to 10 years tops. It's gone. All right. So what I think, I, Oh, I think the, the general, the conventional wisdom is if there is a conference that will be more in on the online carriers on the apples and whatever, mm-hmm. it's going to be the PAC 12, the PAC 12 will be more aggressive with well, that. That certainly offers your flexibility in, in terms of kickoff times and everything else. You're not as worried about windows. Right. Um, that that was the thing that I was wondering when we were trying to figure out will they get involved at all the the mm-hmm. the streamers. See, my 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 thing with that they've is not I, wanted live stuff. They've wanted kind of libraries that can be evergreen, right? And games aren't that. Games are live, you know, digital. It, but you know, the networks need to be taken care of first because that's still a good business model. Mm-hmm. The over the air network, great. And the only people who watch commercials are people who watch games. Mm-hmm. So, and those networks are primarily funded by, by advertising. So you, you take care of that. And we've basically done that. We've, we've pretty much filled all the windows on the broadcast networks. What I wonder is, does Apple or whomever, whatever other entity that wants to get involved, would they look at, Again, it'll go back to the idea of do they want to dip a toe in the water and just get, yeah. you know, mm, you know all we'll, in. we'll try the the Pac-12 and get a piece of the Pac-12. Like I, that just doesn't seem to be the MO there. Right. That, oh, we're just going to take a little bit of Pac-12 and sprinkle that around or the fifth best Big Ten game. So that's, again, why I'm still a little skeptical of how much those players will be involved when it comes to Pac-12 and Big 12. Exactly. And and that's it. I would do you want to give us everything? We want we want it all or we want nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't be relying on them mm-hmm. to get to save me that if I'm them. Mm-hmm. I, I if they if they want to come in, then I'd be happy to sell to them because honestly, I'd rather I'd rather be on Apple TV than ESPN Plus. Okay. Because have you I mean, if you watch Apple TV on a smart TV, it is seamless. It works. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you watch Amazon Prime on a smart TV, it is even more seamless. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Amazon has AWS, they have the, the cloud-based distribution, like they're better set up technologically to handle that stuff. Yeah. Whereas the uh the ESPN Plus games, and listen, ESPN Plus is a nice product because you you know you can always find the game you're looking for, or often find the game you're looking for on there. But uh, it's it's a volume. It's a heavy. It's a volume shooter, right? It just yeah. it stuffs a lot of stuff on there. Well, and and what I want is is something with a more elegant interface mm-hmm. that doesn't. I, part of my issue with ESPN Plus is it makes me log in every single time. Like mm-hmm. stop, stop that, <laughs> just stop. And and I think eventually we're gonna have a Disney Plus app that just has all of that in there, all of ESPN, all of ESPN Plus. It's gonna cost a lot of money but it's going to have all of it. But again, 
the ESPN already has all of the S. So let's 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 play that one out with all with so much SEC and ACC content. Mm-hmm. The first thing that will end up on the nicer version of ESPN Plus is the SEC and the ACC. Well, but that's why you bought the SEC. No, no the SEC exactly. as a lever but to what, force people onto that when that becomes your primary revenue driver. So I, I guess what what do you think ESPN is going to come because ESPN could use more programming. And the other the part of this too is ESPN, ESPN well, could not use more programming. ESPN could use more. Again, the cable bundle is falling apart. Linear, you, you do not need to program 24 hours a day when you don't have eight channels to program. Okay. So you, you only make the shows people actually want to watch okay. in an on-demand universe. So what is the value to more leagues? In other words, if I'm ESPN, let's put ourselves in ESPN's position now. Uh, I, of course, I want the Big Ten because it's the Big Ten. So, yes, we mm-hmm. want the Big Ten. What is the Big Ten? What is the Big 12 and Pac-12 value for ESPN? Is it simply, listen, we own college football. We want a little bit of all of it. Like that, that's, that that's part been, of it. And the other, the other part great. of it is, listen, when Oklahoma State plays a football game, 60,000 people show up. Right, right. You want, and, you want that and you want them under yeah, your tent, right? Right. And, and, and depending on who they're playing, you're talking about, you know, anywhere from 800,000 to, to 4 million people watching it on, on, on home, at home on TV. Mm-hmm. That that's valuable. Like, there are, there I, don't, are, I don't care what we're talking about. That's valuable. Right. The, the point being, there are still good games in those conferences. And if ESPN has built a brand on we own college football, wherever there is great college football, we are there. And if suddenly you're you're not in two of the five power five conferences or maybe even three. Well, that's the thing. If, if ESPN doesn't get any piece of the big 10, it will absolutely have pieces. Yes. It will have the other four of big. Yes. And ideally for ESPN is wants to be involved with all five of the power. They absolutely do. I just don't know if there is a war. I I just wonder if they will. I think the big 10 only want the big 10 has the juice to say, we don't need you. And if ESPN doesn't want to like, ESPN can't really afford to be petty about that. Like they can't stop talking about e- about the Big Ten. This is too big of an audience. It's too big of a group to ignore. Right. So you can't say, well, uh, we're we're gonna we're just downplay them on our ranking shows and on who that's not gonna work. One, that's not gonna work. And two, the committee members aren't gonna care. Like if they're they think Ohio have- State's good, they're still gonna rank Ohio State high. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter. So that's what I think is so different because you always had to have something on ESPN because you needed them talking about you on college football live on, on all the shoulder on sports center, but we don't watch sports center anymore. Like all the highlights are on demand. I can get a highlight on my phone right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need to sit and watch eight episodes of sports center to see the highlight again. Yeah. I'm probably overrating that a little bit. Uh, I, I'll admit, but I still think that, there is an uh, an apparatus at ESPN driving college football, driving conversation on big stories. Where, where? I mean, you you look at the morning shows and you look online. I, I okay, see- name the last time you you remember 
a morning well, show segment, a Stephen A. Smith segment no, it's talking fine. about college football. I, 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 you know, Chris Vanini, your colleague, pointed this mm-hmm. out and got a lot of traction from it you know, last year. And he was absolutely right. And that's not to say he was the first one who noticed. He was one of the first people I, I remember really pointing it out. Like, there's just not a lot of college football content in yep. these generalist spaces on ESPN. Because it's it's still, it, it's it's crazy. It's a big sport. It's a huge, and it, it does huge numbers. But the NFL does bigger numbers. And in terms of conversation driving, the NBA does. Yeah. Apparently does better number. Because I don't, I know they're not in the business of, of giving you what you don't want to see or what you don't want to talk about. Right. So they must have dabbled with, oh, okay, NBA does better than college football when we're just arguing about it. The, the top tier of NBA, like the, the big NBA stories, I think, drive a lot of conversation. Like, that's why they only talk about the Lakers and LeBron. And right. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I've been hearing a lot of how come you guys never talk about the Suns or the Timberwolves lately? So, right. Right. so there is something about the NBA uh, product, the NBA content, but only certain parts of it that drive a lot of discussion that very that goes far and wide. Um, yeah, you know, listen, I, I, you, you've countered my argument, but again, I still sense that ESPN is is more invested in college football than any other network. But they're invested because they have to be, because their core business is the games, and they, and they understand that. Like Burke Magnus and and Jimmy Pitaro and that group at the top of ESPN are not dumb. They understand that their future is built around the games. They mm-hmm. must have Monday Night Football. They must sure. have NBA games. They must have a bunch of college football games because the other stuff that we used to watch is going away. Like they don't need to make nine sports centers a day. They really will just need to make the Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. And the I, I'm serious. No, I'm serious too. Make that on demand. At this point. And that's your show. And 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 you're good. And you don't you don't need to be running that studio all the time. You can have a, new, a breaking news studio that you you can shoot stuff out of and have clips and and do live coverage if you need it. But in a world that isn't linear, where you do not have to program six channels or eight channels twenty four hours a day, they don't need to create as much programming. They need the games which get people to them. And 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 remember. They may be coming to you a different way. And what's the fastest way to get you to sign up for something? Well, this is this game I got to see. Everything is a bridge to the games at this point. It's always been that way, but it's even more so now because the, there is less value in all those bridges. There's less people coming yeah. to those bridges and taking those bridges to the game. But the, but Mostly the streamers, they are just coming to the games. This is where the networks come in and, and, and make things interesting. Peacock, Paramount Plus. You name it. Suddenly, they have a vested interest in in having a lever that forces you into a subscription. And I realize churn rates are what they are. People are like, well, I'm just a subscriber to the football season and drop it. They're looking at that going, oh, great. Then you're going to subscribe for five months. We'll take your money. Great. Come on. Right. And we'll get an extra month on you because you'll forget. Yeah, you're right. going to forget. Yeah, right. exactly. We'll get, or, we'll get all of January. You might like one of the other shows. Like, Let's say you, you subscribe. Let's say CBS buys the Pac-12 and they're broadcasting the best Pac-12 game and your rabbit ears one day, you're just getting frustrated. You're like, I don't want to, I'm tired of, you know, using the rabbit ears. 
uh, my my reception is not that great. I'm just going to subscribe to Paramount Plus just for this this next few months, and I'll I'll get all my Pac-12 games that way. And then all of a sudden, you fall in love with the show Ghosts, which is delightful, by the way. Is it good? Okay, it is. It is great. And <laughs> now you're now you're hooked. Now you're in for a in for a year. And oh, by the way, you're going to bundle that with Showtime because you decided you like Billions, or you decided you like that Uber show. Like it, it's. That's that's what they're banking on. They need a way to get you to put your credit card number in. And once once you've done that, they they have you. Andy out here shilling for Paramount Plus. That's a <laughs> well. Eventually, they're going to get Yellowstone on it. They screwed that up, selling it to Peacock first, and what a mess you, that is. How do you consume this many shows? Like, I have a hard time. It's not just you. A lot of people are better at this thing. Well, I can tell you exactly how because I wasn't consuming them much in the past. I will not watch a show unless it is on the treadmill or on the elliptical. Uh, okay, that's good. So that's good. It it forces me to work out. If I would like to watch a show, I can't just sit on the couch and watch it. Okay, that's solid. But, and and the thing is that you'd be surprised you you burn through some stuff pretty quick. Sure. Especially you're doing big miles these days. On yeah. The- yeah. Like there are days where I go 10, 11 miles. So like it's, it's worth it. <laughs> All right. Before my dog starts barking and she's, she's getting a little, a little antsy. We're coming to you. At least I'm coming to you from a hotel room on vacation. I'm going to, I'm going to let the listener behind the, uh, behind the curtain on that. Cause the sound might qu- sound quality might not be studio quality. Sound awesome. Well, it's good. It's good enough. And they always said there might be some barking. I have the the most non-threatening guard dog in the history of guard dogs. She barks at everything that she hears, but she's also uh, nine pounds and cowers at the the first sight well, of it. You you just jinx this because my dog has been back here in the back, just chilling, and she normally freaks out about every single car person other dog that passes by our house and she's not she's not made a peep yeah so i'm just i'm Andy's getting a look at moon now unfortunately we don't oh, hi moon here. moon is a moon is time see moon actually fits in my hand i can just take yes. moon wherever i want and put her wherever i want her but she does like to she does like to get her her voice heard every once in a while okay so andy let's wrap this up i think we've got big noon will it be a big 10 spot if I'm if I am the the now oh, do, if you're Fox, do you I think you need to guarantee that to the Big Ten like that needs to just become a Big Ten slot. I, you know what? You're you're basically doing that anyway. I mean, the only thing that was occasionally bumping it was a Texas or an Oklahoma game. So even if you were to get the Big 12, there are no more Texas and Oklahoma games, Texas yeah. and Oklahoma or Texas or Oklahoma. Right. You know, the Pac-12 doesn't really fit there. So, yeah, I, I listen, if this is going to be my number one spot, yes, I want the Big Ten to have it. Yeah, and plus, and I kind of want the Big Ten to have it. In. And sorry, Big Ten fans who love your night games. That's now th- there will have to be special you know, concessions made for the whiteout at Penn State. Sure. No, and but, you can do some things with Iowa, but you know, the fact of the matter is Big Ten fans kind of like their their noon games. A lot of well, they're also they're also going to be some weeks where there's three really great games in the Big Ten. Sure. And a lot of weeks where there's two. So I don't think like being the second best game in the Big Ten is not going to be 
that's that's still going to be a really good game a lot of weeks and that's going to be a game you put in prime time just and just to cover espn so espn is going to have a whole bunch of noon games and they will mostly be acc and and sec games again i I still think espn will find its way into I, i i have my doubts on the big 10 though again if espn wants something it goes out and gets it and is willing to overspend uh, ESPN will do you think ESPN how about this do you think ESPN will have five will will be in on all five power five conferences come 2026 will ESPN have a piece of all five power five conferences no okay it, but it's the big 10 they'll they'll be in the other four okay okay so that gives the big that gives uh the that gives ESPN a lot of flexibility if it has Pac-12 games and Big 12 games the Big 12 relationship having been mended by whoever the next commissioner is, who hasn't called ESPN a cheat and a liar, um, that, that will all come to fruition. At that 330 spot, CBS or NBC for the Big 10? I say, I'm going to say NBC. Is I it possible NBC's... to do both? Is it possible to do no, both? No, no, I don't think it's possible yeah. to do both. Yeah, I don't Because remember, Fox is going to want something for primetime too. So you're going to be careful with that. But yes, no, I, I think you go NBC on that one. Okay. So, and then, and, and then CBS, CBS stay in the game and, and do Pac 12 or Big 12 or Big 12. Right. And, and logically, Pac, from, from a timing standpoint, Pac 12 works. Oh, I mean, the Pac-12 would love it. I can't see the Pac-12 going dark. And then it's it's Big 12 gets a lot of night games, has a lot of primetime games. Yes, which is good for the Big 12. I, again, I keep saying, if the Big 12 can get itself in a spot where they are kind of the, the, the one thing the country's watching, mm-hmm. which I think is a Friday night thing, or... If you get some good, if you get some primetime games and let's say the SEC primetime game on ESPN or the big 10 primetime game on Fox is, is a stinker. You have a chance to grab some audience because you have brands they know and a good game. Especially if the, if the, if the big 10 is committing its There's cookie. games. Nice. We have dueling dogs now. Especially if the Big Ten is committing its best games to, to Big Noon, right? And the SEC now has its spot. There'll be you'll there'll be a window at in prime time that's a little more available. In other words, I think there'll be yeah, a now remember the second best SEC game is still going to be an 8 p.m. kickoff. Sure, it will always be. Yeah, but so, if, but if the Big Ten is putting two of their best games at noon and three thirty on whichever NBC like that that clears out a fair amount of space to mm-hmm. give whatever the best Big Twelve game is some room to operate at eight p.m. or yeah. seven thirty. No, yeah, and and I would actually stagger it a little bit to get it started before that SEC game. Yeah, get it at seven or, or yeah. Yeah, kick it off at seven. That that yeah. seems to be a pretty good idea. So I, yeah, I, I'm actually, I realize I sound very bullish on the new Big Twelve. I don't think they're going to make as much money as they're hoping because mm-hmm. the the brands just aren't going to carry that that they have. But I think once that group starts playing together, it will be a very entertaining product, and they may pick up some audience along the way. 
Yeah. And I also think, again, for Fox, it seems to make great sense to have the Big 12 be its Friday. It's hey, mm, can Fox has it? SmackDown. Fox oh, and, yeah, that's but so, what about FS1? Well, I, if I'm the Big 12, I, I avoid that, that if I can. Yeah. yeah, I want to be the best game on Friday night because I don't think the Pac-12 wants that. Does the Big 12, does the ESPN want to use the Big 12 in that spot? It would also be, you know, right now it uses the ACC sometimes in that spot. It uses the AAC in that spot. So, yeah, I could see yeah. that. And yeah, I, see I mean, if you say we don't want to be that spot yeah. all the time. Oklahoma State at UCF at 7 p.m. on a Friday night is a hell of a game, yeah. especially if you can package it with Cincinnati at BYU as the second half of your doubleheader. You're also PM Eastern, 10 PM Eastern. You're also dealing with fan bases that have become used to playing on Friday nights. Right. BYU fans don't, they're fine with it and and they'll, they'll show up and they understand. And UC and UCF fans have already been through this with the AAC. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think you're onto something there with the well-being. Now, are you going to do that at at Houston? And I realized that they, they have games at Houston now on Friday nights. I would try to avoid that if I were, if it were possible. Uh, But if Houston is playing in Manhattan, if you have Houston at Kansas State and both of them are good, which is a distinct possibility, that's a great Friday night game. All right. I think we have done it. I think we have programmed college football, the networks and the conferences from 2026 on. Uh, look for your lo- check local listings viewers in 2026 to see if we got this right. Oh, we'll, we'll know about the Big Ten thing next year within the next month. Yeah. It's, if, it's, if, if they don't go with ESPN, like that's. I'm not sure how how big of a deal people or like I don't know if people appreciate how big of a deal that would be if that if they decide not to do anything with ESPN. The last thing I'll say is the Big Ten is right. It's it's the lever here, and it and, and all the other con- the other two conferences will be able to sort of see like oh how much are we going to be able to get right if ESPN. I do think that whatever the Big Ten does affects the other two conferences. Obviously, it affects them because it gives them more options or fewer options, uh, fewer options, depending on where they go and how much they split it up. But the Big Ten has to go first. And I think everybody else reacts to the Big Ten. And you're right. I think if the Big Ten leaves at ESPN completely, does that give this? Okay, this will be the very last question. All right. Last, last question. Do you think that gives the other conferences a little more leverage on ESPN? Do you think they can get more money? Well, they probably should be able to get more money from ESPN. Mm, if they don't have the Big Ten. Depends on who else is bidding on them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that's really, it's other bidders are what drives the price. True, of course. Yeah, but I always think that the ESPN is going to bid on everything. If ESPN has the Big Ten, maybe it will be less likely to be see itself as uh, having urgency to get the other two. But... Mm-hmm. To contradict myself, going back to what you said before, ESPN wants everything. They do. They do. But, you know, they, they also know better than anybody else what everything's worth. Yeah. Because they've been in that market for a long time. So I, I think, I think it'll, be, it'll be fascinating. And we will have an answer on the Big Ten thing pretty soon here. Sure. Burke Magnus, if you need any of our advice here, 
Um, he does not. <laughs> he definitely does not. He definitely does not. Andy Staples, you can read him at The Athletic. You can hear him on The Andy Staples Show, which is producing, I think, like 12 or 13 podcasts a week at this point. Andy five is five a week, one for one for every day you got to drive Andy, to work. That's Andy all. is on, on the air all the time, so to speak, with Ari Wasserman often, and that is great content. So go read Andy. Go listen to Andy. Andy, thank you so much for doing this on short notice. My pleasure. now Serena. First down. Last week, I published a story from an interview I did with Nick Saban a few weeks before that, where the Alabama coach said the current model of college football is not sustainable. I'll post the story in the show notes just in case you missed it, but if you follow my feed, I'm sure you have seen it. My main takeaways from the interview were Saban seems to be very comfortable with giving players more freedom and power. That's not necessarily something that he's worried about. But college football seems to be caught in between professionalism and amateurism right now. My sense is, I I keep using the word, it's half pregnant. And it might be necessary to bring more aspects of professional sports into college sports to create a more orderly system of roster management and a level playing field across the board. That's my sense of what Saban was getting at. But one thing I can say is for sure is Saban is confident Things like NIL and looser transfer rules will not stop Alabama from being great. Second down, you'll hear the term bounce back program used a lot in the transfer portal era now. Uh, A school located in fertile recruiting territory that does a good job of luring players who left the area out of high school back to town when things don't go great away from home. SMU under Sonny Dykes was great at this. Cincinnati has done a really good job keeping players home out of high school, but can also be a nice bounce back option, as it was this week when former LSU tailback Corey Kiner, who finished second on the team in rushing last year, transferred to the Bearcats really within hours after jumping into the portal. That's another SEC tailback landing at UC to replace the Alabama transfer Jerome Ford, who has a chance to be drafted at the end of the month. Third down, we have heard a lot about Eric Gilbert over the last few years. He was a five-star recruit tight end when he signed with LSU, showed a few flashes during his freshman year, and then left school. He was headed to Florida at first, but no, he landed closer to home at Georgia and then didn't play last season. Gilbert is crazy talented, a huge wide receiver, more than a tight end, really. Gilbert played well in Georgia's spring game. Here's hoping. That young man has everything in his personal life together, and we can enjoy watching him play on Saturdays this season for the Bulldogs. That is the show for today. I'm glad we were able to squeeze one in this week. I'd like to thank my producer, John Radcliffe, for making me sound good as always. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just about anywhere you like to get your pods. Please follow so you do not miss an episode. I'm Ralph Russo, the college football writer with the Associated Press. Thanks for listening. Come back for more next week of the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast.